Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blues Podcast, part of the Lockdown Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Hyman. And I'm Thomas Welch. And oh baby, have I been waiting so long to say these words. The St. Louis Blues won last night 4-1 over the Colorado Avalanche. So we're going to be covering that entire game here, giving our reactions, uh, our thoughts, uh, everything we're taking away from that game on today's episode. I'm excited. Oh, it was so nice to be able to watch hockey again. That's got to be extra extra nice for you because you called it, literally called it in the prediction on yesterday's episode, said the Avalanche would score first early and the Blues would score four unanswered. And I said, I don't know about that. Avalanche seemed pretty stacked. I think the Blues are going to lose. Lo and behold, <laughs> come today, Josh, you look like you look like you're telling the future on us. Got anything you want to... You wanna uh, you wanna tell us what are the Powerball numbers? <laughs> no, uh, jokes aside, I-, I think the the game kind of played out kind of how I was expecting, and and pretty much the way I was alluding to um, uh, when I made that prediction. You know, I, I, the Blues are kind of notorious for not slow starts, but kind of kind of building up steam as the game goes on. Um, and also just wearing down their opponents as the game goes on. So, you know, when I said that, I was expecting exactly what we saw. They came out a little a little shaky. Um, we're playing solid, but they weren't exactly, you know, playing with 100% confidence and, and, and dominating on the puck, dominating on the boards. And the Avs took, uh, took advantage, got a quick goal. And then from there on out, the Blues flipped the switch and, and you know, played really, really well. They, they answered back uh, relatively quickly. Um, and even took the lead. And then in that second period, Colorado definitely, definitely put a majority of the pressure on. But uh, St. Louis held held strong. Bennington played really, really well. And the Blues kind of took advantage of when, when Colorado ran out of steam towards the end of the third. They, they got another two goals to add to that insurance. But, yeah, it's sort of what I was expecting when I made that prediction. Similar style of game. It just so happened that the score was also aligned with what I said. But, uh yeah, it, it worked. It worked out nicely. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the way they played. It really did. And that that first period, I think, I was like, because it was those there, there was those two early penalties, which uh, Sammy Blay one snuck in there, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, but I was like, damn, like if if we keep sending these guys to the power play, they're gonna make us pay. Uh, and lo and behold, Bur- Burkowski scores our first one on just a clapper from hell uh, on the power play. But while all that was going on, I was like, I feel like we're really outplaying these guys at five on five. I mean, just in terms of possession and hemming them in their neutral zone and having Grubauer flop on his back every five seconds, uh, he had to keep his his head on a swivel. And I think uh, I was watching it and I was like, wow, we're playing really well, but uh, we're still losing. And then uh, at the end of the first period happens. Uh, the score is two to one. <laughs> and the Blues had 17 shots on goal, and I was like, "Oh my god, we might we might have a wagon on our hands." Yeah, I mean, this team looked like they were in midseason form, um, firing on all cylinders. The the chemistry issues that we had been potentially speculating were non-existent. Um, I can't really name a single guy that looked bad last night. Uh, Tory Krug looked really good. He wasn't tested a whole lot, so he didn't. You know, he didn't look great, but that's just because. 
you know, he, ne- he never really had to. Um, he looked really good on the power play. Down on the um, boards on the power play as well. Mm-hmm, Don't see that often. Mm-hmm. Colton Pareko absolutely held his own as the number one defenseman. Um, you know, should, really, should we really talk about Jordan Cairo? Oh, we'll Holy get there. We'll get shit. there. Um, so, so, but, you know, starting with the defense, I mean, Justin Falk looked pretty good. Uh, he looked a lot more calm and settled than he had sort of in his first stint with us last year. Um, the only guy that I guess – I don't even say I, I'm complaining about The only guy that looked a little a little shaky was Bortuzzo. But, again, midseason form. He took like four penalties. That's midseason form. Yeah, so. that's part of his game too. I mean, you can't really <laughs> – you can't really knock him for that. He's going to play that physical style uh, and get in the opponent's ear. So No, but then, I mean, yeah, like you said, flip into the offensive end of things. That that That's where I, I got real excited um, because the, the, the Blues last night did probably the, the deadliest thing that a hockey team can do, and they did it consist, consistently, is whenever they face pressure, whatever it may be, they, they, they bared down, they buckled down, they played good defense, and then in the blink of an eye, they scored a goal. Um, you know, their, their first three goals were odd man rushes. I want to say, unless I, I might be, or maybe, maybe all four of them. I, I'm not sure. I might be wrong. Um, but I remember sunk, sunk first one was a great, great little tic-tac-toe pass. Well, the first two, Tom, the first two, I think were odd man rushes. Then the Clifford one came Oh yeah, from, Clifford uh, was a weird little. Bar, yeah, Barbashev came barreling down Graves' back, uh, and Graves said, get me the, out of here <laughs> and then the puck scored it out and he threw it in front so uh just quick striking goals that's what that's what can make this offense or any offense really really deadly is you don't need to rely on having sustained pressure um you can just you know use your skill and your in your dynamic talent to to pot a goal whenever you have the opportunity um and the first two goals were, were like that i mean Cairo's goal was was phenomenal that give and go it looked like a, a play they'd run in practice thousands of times. It looked so easy. That's the biggest thing is how easy that goal looked. It really did. And I think um, not only just that goal, but his and Cairo's entire first period as a whole. I think he – not that he didn't play as well in the other two periods, but I don't think it was as noticeable. But he really came flying out like a bat out of hell in that first period. Um, just seemed like every two seconds he was lifting somebody's stick, um, grinding in the corners, which is kind of like – the narrative that people brought around him is can he be a defensive forward as well as an offensive threat that we know he can be um, at the NHL level. And I, I I don't think I've ever seen more confidence out of Jordan Cairo. And um, I stand by my superstar statement, but really, I mean, just leaps and bounds in terms of development over this over this last season. Um, and I think Robert Thomas should be thrown into that consideration as well because obviously last season um, and the cup run and all those things, those are those are fantastic seasons for a young guy like him. Um, but like we talked about, that confidence I think is a huge factor in the development of these guys. And I think Craig Berube brings a lot of that confidence out of them uh, when he promotes them. Uh, just off of like a gut feeling. Um, we saw that with a, <clears throat> sorry, one-handed pass from Robert Thomas and then a goal from Jordan Cairo. Robert Thomas got another assist on the last uh, Sunquist goal. Uh, he peeked around. Uh, he peeked while he was circling behind the net. He peeked to see who was in front. Um, and then once he got the puck, he just slung it there and it was easy pickings for Sonny. But man, we got to talk about Sonny too in terms of like, oh dude, the the amount of development on this team, uh, I think should directly be attributed to the coach, but also to their work ethic. Um, and they, they talk about iron sharpens iron all the time. 
uh, in football, but I think I think that really rings home for this Blues team. I'll tell you what, Tommy. Yesterday was was a pretty good day. You know, uh, had the Blues game late at night, but uh, I actually had a had a pretty pretty pleasant surprise earlier in the day as well. Exactly. Uh, that made it even better. I, I got a nice uh, a package from Built Bar, Ooh. featuring well, they their me. six brand new amazing flavors. They gave me a big variety box of, of mm. all their of all their new and old flavors. So if you don't know, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I would know. I literally just had one before we recorded this podcast. Um, so yeah, thanks to Built Bar for sending me that care package. What flavors you get? As always. Oh, I tried the uh, I tried the apple almond crisp. It was it was really good. Yeah, everything I hyped oh, it up yeah, for. It really I told good. you, it bro. Was really good. That's it gas. Was really good. Yeah. So the they had the eighteen amazing flavors in total. You got the twelve originals that we talked about for a while, and then the six brand new ones. Uh, some of the ones I got yesterday, uh, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and like I said, apple almond crisp. That one was delicious um and the best part is built bars are healthy so they are covered in 100 percent tasty chocolate so if you've got a sweet tooth that'll definitely definitely fulfill that need um but they're healthy built bar is great for the health conscious person you can lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious treat they're low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber uh great for anyone on a diet um, now, if you're if you're looking for something a little a little more or decadent, other than that that uh, apple almond crisp, you could check out the cookies and cream. And if you're having that, you're getting 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and four grams of net carbs. So they are really really good for you, and they taste amazing. So go to builtbar.com right now and use promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com, and we'll be right back with the second half of today's episode. All right, Tommy. Before we uh, before we move on to like talking about Sunny and all that, I just want to get back to that one point you made about uh, Kairu looking more confident. I think that's the biggest thing that I saw last night. Not just out of Kairu, but about a lot of the sort of the not the question marks, but a lot a lot of the sort of the guys that we were talking about taking that next step. All of them looked confident, and um, you know, not not that I've ever had experience, but the way that professional sports works for these young guys is is around year two, year three, the game starts to slow down for them. You know, rather than just acting on instinct and and using your pure natural ability, the game starts to slow down. You've been in these situations before. You see the ice more. You see the your your teammates more, and you have more time to think. Even though it's happening just as fast, you're more you're used to it. You know, you've been in these situations before, so it, mentally it, it's a lot slower and uh, it, it's a lot easier to sort of make the right play rather than just the quickest, easiest play. And I think that was the number one thing we saw last night out of specifically Cairo, but honestly the whole team as as, as a whole. Um, Cairo just looked a lot more confident out there, but also he was just making the right play seemingly every single time. Um, and like, uh, yeah, uh, for such a fast guy, it's nice that the game's starting to slow down for him a little bit because I think that can be really, really valuable for for him moving forward, and he can be a really, really valuable piece of this team this year. Yeah, and I think uh, I think Luke Korak touched on that as well. And with a guy like Cairo and the skill set he possesses, it's easy for him to try and make a highlight real play every time he goes into the zone because he's capable of doing that. Um, but more often than not, it's more useful for the team to instead of trying to force an impossible pass, 
uh, dump it in, pass it off to somebody else, live to see another day. And I think Lou was driving home that point. And I think if you watch the first period again, I saw him do that a couple of times where it's it's not necessarily the sexy play, but it's the right play to make in that situation to keep the puck in the zone yep. um, and keep working those possession numbers, which obviously the Blues did. Yeah. And I mean, I, th- I think if you look just beyond the the goals, you know, beyond the goals that were scored, um, this team might have even played better than what the result shows. You know, obviously 4-1 against the Avs is, is spectacular. But like I said at the beginning, I don't think I can pick out a single player that I was disappointed in their play last night. I think everyone was playing above and beyond what I and what the fans are expecting of them. Rang two pipes too, Pareko and Perron. So... Could have easily been six. Yeah, the the, the if you, I mean if you look at like you know fancy stats if you're into all that the it, the first line you know they they didn't feature the most in the offensive zone but if you look they they did their job and they and they really um shut down the McKinnon line um, and then other than that the the next three lines the depth for the Blues just hammered the depth of the Colorado Avalanche so I really think that's what it's going to come down to throughout the year is if the opposing team sort of has, you know, some re- some studs up front or a really, really strong first line or whatever it may be, as long as O'Reilly and company can shut them down and just leave the rest of the team to run free amongst like the second, third and fourth lines of other teams. And the, this Blues team is going to have a lot of success this year. And I think we saw that last night, you know, p- probably the toughest team that they're going to face you could argue Vegas, but I, I, I think it'll be the, t- the the Colorado Avalanche are the toughest matchup for the Blues, and they're going to face them, you know, seven more times this year or whatever. Um, came out in Game One against you know that toughest opponent, and not only won four one, but won pretty handedly four one, and looked comfortable and confident doing it. So I, I, I'm over the moon, and it's so so psyched to see you know Friday's game. Uh, and, and moving forward on from that. Right. And we'll talk about this more on the next episode with our very special guest who we will be uh, crossing over with. But I did expect a lot more out of uh, the Avalanche's second line um, just because of the skill sets that they, that they possess there. But I I think they're, they were kind of invisible in this game. Um, and I think you can attribute – you can attribute that if you want to, if you're an Avs fan and you want to say – Oh, they didn't show up to play. They weren't ready. Uh, it was the first game of the season, all that stuff. You can you can use that excuse if you want to. Um, but I think a lot of that, or at least partial of that, um, should be attributed to the St. Louis Blues, um, just ability to lock teams down in terms of defensive forwards and basically creating an entire line that's full of talented superstars and NHL talent useless in a game. So Absolutely. You, you hit the nail on the head. Um, and I think you know yesterday when I was talking about uh, Colton Pareko, um, and, and his sort of, if he plays well, you're not going to notice him exactly. You're not going to like say, oh, damn, look at, look at that play Colton Brickle just made. If he plays well, he's just going to be shutting down the opposition and you're never going to notice him because the only time you'll notice him is if he's out of position or making a bad play. And I think that's also true for um, Tory Krug. The, Tory Krug, yeah, absolutely. Same thing. Like we said at the top of the, top of the podcast, you know, he didn't look great, but that's not saying he looked bad. He didn't look great because he didn't have to. He was better than i expected in his own zone um and when he needed to play play well on offense he did and you know the points the points will come from him i'm not worried about that he looked phenomenal last night i was gonna say too on the on that power play where we had it was a four on four and then the end half of it we had a five on four that was the one time that i really noticed tory krug and he looked phenomenal that power play unit as a whole looked phenomenal um i think david perron got 
Got a pretty solid chance uh, with a pass across the crease, sitting right on the doorstep on a one-timer. And fortunately enough for the Avalanche, Grubauer made the save. But more often than not, I think that a lot of times that shot's going to go in. And I think uh, structure of that power play that they got is what we're going to see moving forward. And the one that I tweeted about a while ago. But having Perron kind of on that elbow down low, kind of in that face-off circle slash moving towards the crease... uh, and then having one guy at the top kind of facilitating everything in Tory Krug, I think that's the, I think that's the move for the St. Louis Blues team. Sort of getting back to uh, getting back to the whole you know not noticing guys thing. I think that sort of also uh, can reigns true for the depth of the forward core um, and the blue style of play, especially against a team like Colorado. You know, if if the forward core is doing their job, like you know, like Tommy said, sort of smothering the opposition, um, you're not gonna you're not gonna exactly notice those shifts. You're not gonna say it's not like Robert Thomas making a one handed pass and blowing blowing your mind. It's gonna it's just you know win and puck battles, the the little things that maybe over the course of a 56 game season you'd be like wow Jaden Schwartz is really damn good uh, uh, in the defensive zone and really really good at taking the puck off the fender six but you know n- night in night out that's not something that's going to jump off the page and I think that's what kind of makes this team so valuable and so sneaky good um, and I think it's a perfect transition here we'll talk about it after the the next ad break but uh, Tommy mentioned at the top, at the top of the podcast uh, Oscar Sundqvist and I think nobody really fits that role on the team better than him um, he can play literally any position in the lineup from first line center to fourth line left wing and will go out there and do and perform above and beyond what is expected of him in that role and i think that's just because he epitomizes what it means to sort of just go out there and to quote uh, the great bill belichick just do your job uh, and i think we saw that last night through the whole lineup and i know tommy wants to talk about oscar sunfist um and we will and we will but before we do that uh, i know we talked about it at the beginning uh, I made I made a little bit of a crazy prediction. Uh, got got the score right, and honestly, a little little annoyed. I didn't put any money on that. Should have should have should have cashed in. You could have cashed in huge on that. Seriously, and you know, if I wanted to put money on that, if I wanted to cash in, there is nowhere else I would go besides BetOnline.ag. With the hockey season getting started, football season wrapping up, basketball season. Um, going on in the heat of things there's no reason you shouldn't be shouldn't be using bet online ag to make any sports bet that you may need any sport any prop bet they have it all there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust and that is betonline.ag sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and if you use the promo code locked on you'll get a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit so yeah don't be like me don't sit on the sidelines anymore don't miss out get in on the action don't forget to use that promo code locked on on betonline.ag when you register for your account to receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with that first deposit uh and yeah definitely check them out uh we appreciate them a lot and we'll be right back with the end of today's episode It's time. Let's talk about Sonny. Okay, let's do it. So, one of the recurring... Was he the, was he the first star last night? Uh, I, he should be if he wasn't. He scored two goals. I mean. But the recurring theme of this of today's episode has kind of been guys that we don't really notice but are taking like substantial steps forward, right? And so, I think we're starting to take notice of Jordan Cairo just because of the offseason that he had. The league needs to start taking notice of Robert Thomas as an actual star because he's just playing out of his mind and just constantly finding the open man. Um, but I think Blues fans as a whole, I, I'm going to try to figure out how to say this in a way that I 
intend to. So obviously every everyone knows of Oscar Sundquist's importance, right? But I feel like a lot of people see him as, oh, he's a fantastic fourth line player. He doesn't do all the sexy things. Uh, he's mm-hmm. not going to make a highlight reel goal. But defensively, he's one of our best penalty killers in terms of back checking all those scenes. He's a fantastic defensive forward. Um, he does everything right for that fourth line and makes that fourth line what it is. Now, bear with me here a second, okay? Because Jaden Schwartz, I feel like is the similar is a similar type of player as Oscar Sundquist. Now maybe he doesn't. Maybe Sundquist doesn't have um, the same offensive potential, but they're both just absolute bloodhounds on the puck. Um, a nat- to give a little, just to give a little, a little, a little hot take. Um, yeah, you mentioned Jaden Schwartz. If the NHL awards voters watched every minute of every Blues game during the se- season, Jaden Schwartz would not only get nominated but would win the Selkie. End of our end of discussion. And I end of discussion. End of hot. End of hot take. Fair enough. Take that with what you will. As I was saying, I feel like Oscar Sundquist is kind of that same type of mold as a player like Jaden Schwartz. I'm not saying he is the same player, but I'm saying uh, potentially if he reaches uh, his the full threshold of his talent, he could be at that level. Now, let me read some stats off for you, okay? Because the first season in the first season in St. Louis, Oscar Sundquist. In 42 games, had one goal, four assists, right? Lovely. And then the next season, when everyone was like, wow, this is just a completely different version of Oscar Sundquist I've ever seen. Um, because in between that time, a lot of people were like, why do we trade for this dude? Like, I don't think he's that good. Like, he doesn't even really do anything. Next season, 74 games, puts up 14 goals and 17 assists, right? And then 2019, 2020... In 57 games, so like 20 less games, he scores 12 goals, so two less than the season prior, um, and 11 assists. And this season, in one game, he's already scored twice. He's on pace for 112 goals this year. That's what I'm saying. So I think in terms of respect, not really respect, because I think everyone respects Oscar Sundquist as a hockey player and what he brings to this team. But I don't think people understand the potential he really has to be an offensive threat for this Blues team as well as a defensive threat and an absolute stud on the penalty kill. I think it's easy to forget that Oscar Sundquist is only 26 and this is only like what you said, his fourth full season? Right, exactly. The with the, well, with the Blues. I mean this in the nicest way possible. Oscar Sundquist plays like a guy who's 35 and has been in the league <laughs> for for 15 years. That's true. I mean that, I mean that, and he does all the little things that a pro, that a pro's pro would do. Right. And I think, and I think, uh, Korak or someone had a good, uh, good quote about it. Um, where, you know, Oscar Sundquist out of nowhere gets promoted to the second line last minute because Mike Hoffman, uh, gets scratched because of work visa issues or whatever, um, goes out, shows out first start of the game. I'm not sure. I'm not a hundred percent certain of that. So don't quote me on it, but scores two goals, um, whatever, and then if needed to, Friday night, Mike Hoffman is back, and Oscar Sundquist is asked to go play on the fourth line and play only in his defensive zone and grind it out. He'll do it, and he'll do a damn good job of it. With a smile on his face. Yep. Right, and that's a, a, oh yeah, a big toothy smile. You know, Sonny. <laughs> you you know that you're getting that with Sonny. No, but uh, I think that speaks to like I said, he kind of plays like a 35 year old, and and that's a, that I mean that with the utmost respect. Um, 
in the sense that no matter where you put him, no matter what you ask him to do, he's not going to do it like he's not a superstar. He's not going to do anything spectacularly. He's not going to make your jaw drop that in and out. But whatever you ask him to do, he will do it and he will do a damn good job of it, whether that's score goals on the second line or hit people on the fourth line or whatever it may be. He will do it, and it's, it's gonna. It's not necessarily always gonna lead to a lot of points, but it's gonna lead to a lot of playtime, and it's gonna lead to playoff wins and Stanley Cup wins, um, as we as we know. Uh, and 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 yeah, I think this is a good opportunity for him and everyone else on this team to sort of step up and prove themselves this year because. Um, with Petrangelo gone, with the sort of the change of the style, it leaves room for for guys to sort of have a little bit more freedom with the puck and do their own thing. And we saw that out of Sonny last night, and uh, I'm excited to see what else we can get from him and everyone else in the lineup as well. Yeah, and like you said, Josh, he's only 26 years old, kind of really sitting um, right around the prime of his career. So I, mm-hmm. I would, if I were you. And you were me, and Josh were me, and I were him, and we were us. I'm gonna wait, then, I'm and then wait, I would keep. Wait, 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 who am I? Am I you? Am I you? Or am I Oscar? I, I'm you. <laughs> no, You're but me? but if we were us, then I would keep an eye on um, Oscar Sun. Yeah, then I would keep an eye on Oscar Sunquist for the rest of the season uh, because this could really be just an explosion of production for this guy. And I believe that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, sort of just before we wrap this one up, looking looking down the the stat sheet, the box score, some uh, notables: Robert Thomas, two assists. He looks really, really good out there, and only got Phenomenal. a little less than thirteen. Yeah, only got a little less than thirteen minutes of ice time because they were on the penalty kill so much. So he looked phenomenal in his limited ice time. And also, speaking of ice time, you want to talk about Tori Krug because we were talking about in with in Alex. Petrangelo's absence. Who's going to take up all those minutes? Tori Krug, I, I believe, had 22 minutes of ice time last he night. He did second highest, second highest on the team. Uh, but uh, Robert Thomas was winning faceoffs at a really, really high clip, and I think that's sort of one of the last pieces of his game that he needs to add before he can become a real, really dominant top six um, center for this team. And he looked really, really good on all ends of the S. But yeah, Tori Krug was the other guy I wanted to mention. Um, if you look at the box score, you know, he was a plus one, which is arguable whether that's a, a plus minus is an important stat, but he was a plus one, uh, one shot on goal, two hits, three block shots. Number one of all defensemen in the blues with three block shots, 22 minutes time on ice, two, two minutes on the power play and a minute 40 on the penalty kill. Tori Krug did it all. And he did it all well, and the, and we didn't even see close to the best of him because the best of him is is scoring two goals and getting an assist, as well as blocking three shots, throwing hits, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Exactly, and we saw a goal from Kyle Clifford as well, which I'm not saying I'm not saying we called it, but we we, we called did. that we as did. well. So. A fantastic day from the St. Louis Blues. Uh, very deserving of their victory. Hopefully the league takes notice and puts some respect on our name uh, because we deserve it and we're Stanley Cup contenders and a wagon. We'll see what happens Friday night. We'll have a special guest yes, sir. Uh, that had a little, uh, some kind of inflammatory comments uh, on Blues Twitter. If you didn't see it, you could check it out on our Twitter at Locked On Blues. Uh, you'll probably see who we're talking about if you go there, but... If not, you'll see who our guest is uh, coming up in the next episode. Definitely go check out Locked on Bets. Like I said, uh, the mid mid part of this episode, you know, you want to place any bets, any hot takes, and and you want to be a little smarter than me and not just sit on your hands, definitely check them out. They got the best advice over there. And then also check out Locked on NHL. There are literally games happening all the time. So much to cover. It would be impossible to get 
through even a little bit of it. We barely got through the Blues game here. So if you want to see what the rest of the league is up to and the rest of the games that were going on, check out Locked On NHL, the national show. They got great stuff there, whether it's the the national hosts or they kind of compile the best of the week from the various shows around the league. Definitely check them out to get the whole NHL covered. Um, But yeah, like Tommy said, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Blues. Same thing on Instagram and TikTok at Locked On Blues. Follow my Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy's at T Welcher 15. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us so you never miss a new upload. And as always, let's go Blues.